Welcome to the Heart Frequency Podcast by Hurricane and a Feather. This is your host, Haley J. I'm a singer and a songwriter with a passion for spirituality and wellness. And on this podcast, we will dive into topics that resonate with the healing world. Let's tune in. I thought I'd start the first official episode of this podcast with talking about the number one thing that has changed my life for the better, getting a hold of my night routine. Why is having a night routine important? Because it sets you up to have a great morning. Well, I will be talking about things like getting up at 5 a.m. and journaling. Don't let that fool you into thinking this is a quote-unquote perfect morning routine episode. I'll discuss small things you can do that are attainable. I'll talk about things you can do for a beautiful day, period. If, for instance, you're someone who works overnight shifts and sleeps during the morning, or if you're just a super busy person who's trying to squeeze in some calm where you can. Let me begin by saying that all throughout my 20s, really even starting as a teenager, my sleep schedule was messed up. When I was in high school, I'd sometimes be tired from all-nighters, so I'd come home from school and pass out for a few hours on top of my bed, usually in a weird sleeping position. I'm talking face-planted on the comforter with my legs still on the floor. My mom got a kick out of catching me like this and would sometimes take embarrassing pictures. Then during and after college, I worked in restaurants where I usually had dinner shifts. It was a cycle of starting my day late, going to work, being both tired and hungry after work, and falling asleep on top of my bed binge-watching a show, usually with my makeup still on and food wrappers nearby. I went to college in San Francisco, and when I later moved back to SoCal, where I'm from, I got into doing extra work on TV shows and movies. The schedule is unpredictable. I remember once working on a set until midnight and then driving home to take a shower and sleep for as long as I could, and then driving to a different set that had a call time of 5.30 a.m., If you've ever worked on a TV show or film, you know how hard it can be to plan your schedule and even to know how much sleep you'll get. This was a big reason why I eventually decided that set life wasn't for me. However, my erratic sleeping continued even after my schedule became more predictable. I still procrastinated getting ready for bed, would fall asleep fully dressed watching a show, often with food nearby. I'd wake up around 2 a.m., wash my face, and go back to sleep for a few hours. Saying all this out loud, I see how dysfunctional this was. I think the reason why this habit persisted was because I connected eating comfort foods and watching TV with stress relief. Learning to break this pattern has meant I needed to find a healthier way to fulfill this need. So I now find stress relief through my evening routine. Everything is connected to sleep. Because I was too tired to take my makeup off right away equals bad for my skin. Because I would wake up in the middle of the night and I was usually tired the next day too. Really tired to the point where I could take a nap on a dime and then I'd reach for sugar. Most importantly, I now know how this lack of consistent sleep affected my mood and personal relationships, and I believe it affected my relationship to what we can call source or the universe as well. If you're running on fumes and eating a high-sugar diet, I would guess this would limit your connection to your inner self and your intuition. So how did I finally kick my bad sleeping habits? Three ways. One way is that my husband Joe, luckily, did not put up with it. When we first started living together, my habits crept their way in. I'd get home from work tired, we'd eat dinner and watch an episode of something, then I'd fall into a food coma and would go to sleep on the couch. He'd try to wake me up and I'd be so grumpy and irrational. He eventually said, well, I'm getting into bed. I didn't want to be left alone on the couch, so that was motivation to kick myself into gear. It wasn't his responsibility in the first place to help me go to bed, but it did help to have someone push me to make a change. The second way I overcame this problem is that I now stop eating at least three, if not four hours before bed. And this isn't medical advice or anything. This is just what I do. And I understand that you may have a health condition. Um, 
or you maybe you get home from work late and that's your first opportunity to eat. But this is just what I personally do because I had so many times where I fell asleep in a pile of food wrappers and whatnot. So I wish I had started not eating late at night a long time ago, but you know, you start where you start. There are many, many reasons for not eating at night, but one of the biggest reasons is that if you do eat too close to bedtime, and this is me, not a doctor paraphrasing, then your body will be focusing on digestion instead of focusing on your brain's ability to help clear out metabolic waste. A doctor that I follow named Dr. Gundry jokingly calls this process brainwashing, and he says it's most active during deep sleep. This brainwashing can help prevent Alzheimer's and other diseases. And I'm not a healthcare professional, so if you'd like to know more about this, I'd say do some more research. But my basic understanding of this is that not eating too close to bedtime makes our brains healthier. So that was enough to convince me to stop doing it. Now that I generally don't spend time at night cooking, eating, or cleaning dishes, I have plenty of time to get ready for bed properly. The third way I fix my sleeping routine is that I stop watching TV and movies on weeknights. Joe and I will sometimes watch a show on the Gaia Network together at lunch, and we usually watch a movie on the weekend, but not watching TV at night during the week has created a lot more time in my schedule, which now brings me to five ways to have a beautiful morning. Number one, learn to parent yourself if you need to. I no longer give myself the chance to get so tired that I can't complete my bedtime routine. I do this by giving myself cues. I don't have kids, but I have done a lot of nannying, and I know that when you get kids ready for bed, they have routines that they follow. Somewhere along the way, a lot of us lose this nighttime schedule. I found that creating a routine has been vital to fixing my sleep. So some of my cues are that I stop eating three to four hours before bed. I make tea every night. I turn on an inspirational audiobook while I take my supplements, brush my teeth, etc. After a shower, I write in my gratitude journal. I also check in with my planner, looking at my schedule for the next day and the overall week. I know it can be hard if you don't have complete control over your environment, such as like you live with other people, but do the best you can. Just keep to any study routine, keep to any habit that will get your mind and body ready for sleep. Number two, sounds simple, but be prepared the night before for your day. Over-prepare. I'm more casual if my day is mellow, but if I have to go somewhere early in the morning and look pulled together, I put my outfit out the night before. I take out what tea I'll drink in the morning, and I pack any snacks I need, and I leave my sunglasses and keys next to my purse. If I'm going somewhere I don't know, then I put the address into my phone as well. All of these things make the morning a thousand times smoother. Number three, if you can, make the first thing you do each day, no matter what time your day begins, to either take a walk in nature or do some other form of exercise. I love doing exercise first thing because once the day begins, it can be hard to squeeze in. You might tell yourself, oh, I'll do it after work and then you get too tired. And if you get exercise done right away, you feel like no matter what else happens today, I've done this for myself. The day has a tendency to go smoother overall, I find. It's like you get momentum by doing something healthy for yourself. Exercising first thing has become so important to me that I treat it like an appointment and I schedule it into my planner. To go along with the previous tip of being prepared, I pull out my workout clothes and shoes the night before and take out my headphones for the gym as well. Make this as easy as possible for yourself. Number four, here we are, the 5 a.m. wake-up tip. If your schedule allows for it, getting up early is one of the most beautiful things you can do for yourself, in my opinion. The world is quiet. You feel like your whole day is ahead of you. However, if you're like my husband, getting up at 5 a.m. is painful. To his credit, he has really pushed through this. One of the things that makes him feel better about waking up that early is if we go to bed really early, like lights out, 9.30 p.m. Sounds very grandma-ish, but going to bed before or around 10 p.m. feels incredible. 
So getting enough sleep to wake up that early is obviously important. Another thing you can do to help get out of bed that early in the morning is to invest in a smart plug outlet. It uses an app and you can use the smart plug to have your light turn on like an alarm. Joe and I set the light alarm to go off first, which kind of wakes you up gently. And then a few minutes later, my phone alarm goes off. I leave my phone across the room, so I have to get out of bed. And speaking of the alarm itself, I downloaded a really peaceful ringtone that I don't mind hearing at 5 a.m. I highly recommend reading The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. The main idea of the book is to get up a little earlier than you normally would to allow yourself time to do what he calls life savers. S is for silence, A for affirmations, V for visualization, E for exercise, R for reading, and S for scribing slash writing. He recommends doing all six every day for at least 10 minutes each, so it ends up being an hour. But he says there's also benefits from doing all six for just a minute each. It's better than doing nothing at all. It's still setting you in the right direction. I personally love setting a timer because this, you know, keeps you on track and it makes you realize you can squeeze in a few minutes of self-improvement no matter how busy you are. Number five, the fifth way to have a beautiful morning, wait until later in the day to look at social media. I don't look at apps like that until I've done my morning routine, journaled, and just kind of centered myself. I also stop looking at social media at night too, which is a big change because Joe and I used to work on music until all hours of the night and I would post on Instagram whenever. Now I use social media at very intentional times because I think it makes a big difference in your mindset. So those are five ways to have a beautiful morning, a beautiful day, or even just a beautiful moment of self-reflection. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.